Visit 1-800-BETS-OFF. The Twins send Sonny Gray to the mound in Atlanta tonight for the start of a three-game series. Twins begin the day with a two-game lead over Cleveland in the AL Central. Dylan C. starts for the White Sox tonight as they visit the Angels. The Cubs are off after splitting the London series over the weekend. After being drafted number one overall last week, French star Victor Wembignana says he'll skip the FIBA World Cup this summer to focus on his rookie season with the Spurs. I'm Doug Thompson. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Monday get one of Jethro's world famous meal deals. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. To Miller and Condon, welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, momentarily will join me. Look forward to, to that as they do each and every week. Nick Olson covers Iowa State for CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 sports. He'll join right around the bottom of the hour. Trends play of the day, Circus Sports sponsors. And oh, by the way, we've got another keyword coming up here in about 25 minutes. Your chance to win $1,000. Uh, Trent is gone for four or five, six minutes, so we'll just be me matt snyder joins me hello matt ken trent will make it back at some point but how are you i'm very good and we don't need him to make it back we're good with that i'm telling him to take his time yeah we uh what a great weekend of baseball i'll tell you what on friday night you know i like to bounce around right i I turned on atlanta uh and cincinnati and i just uh put the clicker away didn't i I watched it i was just i turned it on was five nothing for atlanta thinking oh god uh, you know, here we go. So the uh, their bubble is going to burst. But what an incredible game, and what a performance by Ellie Dela Cruz, who I said earlier in the show, and I don't think it's crazy. And Trent didn't argue with me, so I I know it's not crazy. Um, Dela Cruz, in his three weeks or whatever it's been since he's been in the major leagues, you're got to start talking about him already as some of the most dynamic players in the game of baseball. I know it's three weeks in. Uh, we always rush to. to to put these guys on a pedestal, I believe he absolutely deserves to be mentioned amongst the best in the game already. Yeah, well, he definitely has that level of talent. And it's, in terms of the fun factor, you know, it's not like we're saying all-star or Hall of Fame or anything. It's just here's he's probably the most fun player to watch in baseball right now. I, I had an all-fun team run on CBSSports.com on Friday, yeah, and he was my third baseman. Like over Nolan Arenado, over Jose Ramirez, he wow. was my most yeah. fun third baseman to watch right now. Uh, and, and here's an example of just how fun I thought the whole series was. I've been making a lot of gambling picks for Sportsline mm. uh, this season, and obviously, I'm a, Cubs are my favorite team. So I usually either have on the Cubs or somebody that I have picked. And I had the Braves-Reds game on, and my wife walked in, and she just said, who do you have in this one? Like, who did I pick? And I was like, actually, no one. I'm just watching the Reds-Braves mm-hmm. series because it's that exciting. It's like I picked other games, but I wasn't watching them because that was a must-see series, an absolute must-see series, just for the fun factor. It's, I don't know how big the playoff implications are going to be, but it just didn't matter. It was just that fun. You, As you said, put the remote control away and just yep. enjoy the baseball. Uh, no, no doubt about it. I mean, the Braves are such a special team, no doubt about it. They're so good. But Cincinnati, you know, as much as anything, it was great to see Great American Ballpark packed 
All three games yep. sold out north of 120,000 people to see a weekend series in Cincinnati, which once was a great baseball town. I mean, the, those teams in the 70s, uh, the Big Red Machine, it was, it was incredible. Uh, so good to see Cincinnati being back. They're back in football, and they were a morbid franchise. The Bengals were a laughingstock, and the Reds weren't far behind when it comes to baseball. Cincinnati's in a good spot with both their franchises. Yeah, I tell you what, I hadn't even thought about the, the two-sport aspect to it until you just brought it up. But, yeah, it'd be really fun to be a Cincinnati sports fan right now. It, uh, the, the NL Central is eminently winnable. Yeah. Uh, it just it, It's right there for the taking. The Reds have such a good mix of position players right now, especially adding the veteran Joey Votto back into the mix there with those two huge home runs on Friday, a game tire and then a three-run shot to take the lead. Uh, Ellie hits for the cycle. The triple was huge. Man, that was so fun. Uh, it's, yeah, what what more can you say about turning things around there? And I, and I wrote an article uh, Saturday morning about that. That's been, I'm such a sucker for fans. I mean, I'm still a fan at heart. Yeah. And I, I, as a Cubs fan, as we've talked about before, I went through so much heartbreak as a fan in my life. I'm always a sucker for kind of downtrodden fan bases. Mm-hmm. And remember before last season, Castellani made the comments. The owner's son, who was a club president, I believe, made the comments like, uh, "Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Where else? Right. Are you gonna, who else are you going to root for?" And uh, then they started three and twenty-two that year. Mm-hmm. So they've been beaten down in recent years, and it's to watch them being so excited throughout that series against the Braves. It was a real pleasure. It really was. Oh, you know what else was fun was the uh, was the series, the Cubs Cardinals series. Uh, across the pond. It was great. Boy, I love listening to uh, uh, a British accent called a baseball game. I found that for the first <laughs> time this weekend. That was unbelievable. Look, I, I still contend yesterday, uh, if Mancini doesn't boot that ball or to drop the fumble that play at first base, which was just a head-scratcher uh, to me. The the Cubs are up 4 nothing at that point. I think it turned the whole game around. Stroman it totally seemed, did. It, right, because Stroman yeah. lost it after that, and then his blister popped up. But regardless of the outcome, two fun baseball games uh, over in the U.K., I don't know if it, what it's going to do as far as generating new fans. Baseball wants to believe that they can. It certainly couldn't have hurt. No, it it, it couldn't hurt. It did. It's yeah. It's interesting because the first series was 2019. It was Yankees Red Sox, and this one was Cardinals Cubs. And both all four of those teams travel really, really well. And I think they, especially both, all four of those teams so far, had contingent to. It seemed like, at least from seeing all the pictures you saw on social media, it seemed like there were a lot of people who had never been over to England before and thought, this is a good opportunity to go and then go cheer on my team and everything. And uh, I don't know if it was more of a boon for uh, (laughs) tourism than it was spreading the game to fans in London. Mm -hmm. But, hey, hopefully it helped. Regardless, I still think it's good. And um, I I think I, I hear they're talking about games maybe in Paris uh, really? In the near future. Yeah, it, it'll be fun. I, I'd like to see some more Caribbean games, like I've mentioned before yeah, Aruba, Curacao, stuff like that. But hey, you know, you, we, 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 there's plenty of room to, to have more and more international series like this and to spread the game and, and to have the players serve as ambassadors as part of their jobs. Uh, I thought it was a whole lot of fun. It was a great event. Well, let's talk about the teams and where they rank. Uh, uh, the Cubs are two games below five hundred, only three games off the lead. Cincinnati, of course, and then the Brewers uh, ahead of them. What 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 do we make of the two teams? Uh, are the Cardinals, who are in last place as we begin the week, they're 
way below 500. What are they? 12 games, whatever it is, but 13 games below 500. Yeah. Can, can, I mean, it's all, it's impossible, right? At, at this, I guess it's not impossible. But, um, what do you, could cool very, right off very, the Cardinals? Very unlikely. Yeah, right? Very unlikely. I wouldn't totally write them off. They have an offense that should be consistently dynamic. I don't know, like, Think about a wrecking crew level like the Braves or anything, but mm-hmm. they should be more consistent offensively. They should be a threat to win any game like they did yesterday, where it's you get down four nothing in the first, and that doesn't matter because they have such a good offense. They should be able to storm back. The offense should be that good. I just think the pitching staff is a total mess, and I don't know how that gets fixed. Yeah. They're in one of the two correct divisions to be in right now because if they were in either the East or West, they would be totally buried. Uh, in the Central, eight and a half out. I, it's workable. I, I don't think they're going to do it. I think it's very unlikely, but it's workable. Um, the, the Pirates are going to finish last. So it's yeah. we can slot from there. I think the most likely finishing spot for the Cardinals is probably fourth, but mm-hmm. I can see them finishing third, maybe even second, and in a long shot, maybe even first. They're not totally out of it, but they're probably out of it. If I gave you the Atlanta Braves or the other 14 teams – in the National League, to win the National League, to represent the National League and play for a World Series. You can have the Braves, you can have everybody else. Who would you take? That's really tough. I mean, (laughs) if you said to have the best record, I would absolutely say I'll take the Braves. Anybody else can take the field. Uh, The players are such a crapshoot. I mean, Mm -hmm. the Dodgers with 111 wins last year get found. I think I would take the field. I think I would, too. so much funkiness. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would take the field. That the Braves are far and away the best team, yep. and they're probably going to be the best team come playoffs because they're going to get freed and right back mm-hmm. in the rotation at some point. And uh, if they're both fully healthy, they will be pretty well saved up in terms of stamina, so they'll be able to really empty their tank <laughs> down the stretch. Uh, but there's just so much funkiness in the playoffs, I, I would take the field. Uh, I can't say that I can remember watching the Miami Marlins play a game this year, um, but yet here they are, one of the best records in the National League. This kid Perez that pitched yesterday. Oh, yeah. I mean, my good God, what an eye-opener that was. Uh, what what am I missing by not watching the Marlins? Uh, some good Young talent? On occasion, young talent. Uh, they, other than that, I mean, Jorge Soler has really, really yeah. packed the power punch. It, it, Arise. He does when he's healthy. Yep. And you know, yeah, a rise, a rise hitting around 400 was 399 right now. Yeah, he he went the other. I think it was Saturday. He went one for three, and his average went down. But that's Jeez. that's the price you pay when you're up there around 400. Uh, they'll get more fun once Jazz comes back. Uh, but it, it's really they they have won a lot of close games, and by this point in the season, it kind of takes on a life of its own with a team. And you'll hear unsustainable all over the place. Mm-hmm. Whatever their one-run record is and their run differential, you'll hear unsustainable. But we saw the 2012 Orioles go 29-9 and in one-run games, and they won 93 and won the AL East after all year people told them it was unsustainable and they'd have a downturn. Yeah, they're 19-5 and in one-run games, the Marlins are right now. I think it breeds confidence. And they think every single time the game's close that they're going to win. And at some point... It, like I said, it takes on a life of its own, and the confidence matters. It's it's a mental game as well as a physical game. Uh, I don't think they're as good as their record. They're probably not a playoff team, but they're a fun team to watch, especially when Eury Perez is pitching. He's a stud. Saw him uh, for the first time, what, a week or two ago, Ken? We talked about yep, him, and yep. 
he was definitely worth the price of admission. It was against your Blue Jays. That's uh, the game that I saw him out there for a lot of innings and really impressed. So you guys earlier were talking a little bit about De La Cruz and the chances of him running down for Rookie of the Year, Corbin Carroll. No. No. <laughs> Carroll, I, I, absolutely not. I, I hadn't even looked at his numbers in full here in a while. He, he would he would probably finish second MVP voting to Acuna right now. Wow. Hmm. Corbin Carroll. So I mean, it, how yeah. under the radar, though, is him? And certainly in comparison to De La Cruz, that dude has a real opportunity. I mean, the guy's a star. He's got 26 deals already, what, 16 homers. He is playing at an MVP level as a rookie, and everybody just wants to talk about De La Cruz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's well. He, he's only five ten, and he has sixteen bombs. You know, three triples, twenty doubles. He's as fast as anybody. Well, he was as fast as anybody. De La Cruz is faster, <laughs> right? But it, he was one of the fastest players in the league. De La Cruz went by him. He's still one of the fastest players in the league. De La Cruz is faster. Um, but he's a guy that if you get a chance to watch a Diamondbacks game, yeah. pay attention to Corbin Carroll. He's a really, really fun player. I, I hope he gets a chance to. Well, I know he'll be an all-star. Surely he'll be an all-star, so he'll get a chance to, to play there. He's from the Seattle area, uh, drafted out of high school mm. in Seattle. It would be really fun to see him in the home run derby as well, knowing that they've already got Julio Rodriguez there in Seattle, and he's going to be in it. But I think it'd be fun to see Carroll in it, who was drafted out of high school there um, in 2019. So he was just in high school there in 2019. He's got to be a favorite son, so that would be fun. Uh, last thing on the National League, we haven't touched the American League. Uh, Phillies and Mets, I watched a lot of that series this weekend. Boy, if it, the Mets and the Padres, they spend so much money on that roster. Both of these just franchises just having an awful go of it. I don't know what you're going to do in, um, uh, w- with the Mets in order to light a fire under that team. I mean, Buck had this team, what, they win 100 games or whatever it was last year? I don't yeah. know if you can, I mean, I guess you can. Can they fire Buck Walter? Yes. That was going to be. I, I was going to say the first thing they should do is fire Buck Showalter. Look, you shouldn't feel bad about it. He's 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 made plenty of money throughout his career. Yep. He's gotten tons of managerial opportunities. He he doesn't have this team right now. He just doesn't. And he's made a lot of head scratching moves, including yesterday when he did not use David Robertson yep. at all. And he said, "I was saving him for the ninth inning." Buck, you've been around long enough to know when your team is in dire straits like this, you do not save. Yeah, a guy. Yeah. He saved Zach Britton in that Orioles wild card game against the Blue Jays. That's right. How did he not learn his lesson on right. that? Uh, he's not playing the youngsters enough. Uh, he made some comments about how well they, they struggle sometimes. Well, you got to let them struggle then at the big league level. And the, the most talented players they have, some of them, are, are, are Beatty and Alvarez. And he sits them too much. Uh, it's not his fault that Starling Marte might be washed up or Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer might possibly be at the end of their rope in terms of where they are with, you know, they might be washed up too. I didn't want to say it, but yeah, they might be washed up. That's not his fault. But so many other things are, and I think it's worth it to change managers just to see if it lights a fire under them, similar to how it did for the Phillies last year, similar Mm -hmm. to how it did arguably for the Blue Jays last year, similar to when the Braves, uh, who was their manager when they fired him and went to Snicker? It was several years ago. Was it Washington? Brian... Uh, no. It, it wasn't Freddie Gonzalez, was it? It might have been. There was somebody in yeah. between there. might have been. Uh, anyway, sometimes the change, and you saw what it did for the Phillies with Rob Thompson last year. It was Freddie Gonzalez. Wow. Okay. But sometimes the change in and of itself lights a fire under the team, whether it's 
They want to rally under the new guy, whether it's the old guy's word was stale, whatever it is, sometimes it works. And I think it's worth a shot. So I was, uh, I had this bookmarked. It was a article that your colleague RJ Anderson wrote over at CBS Sports, just talking about trade candidates coming up. And we're getting to that time about a month away from it. Shohei Otani was number one with them, the Angels in contention, though. He's not going to move. Numbers two through seven, though, were all from the crappy American League Central. You have a couple <laughs> of White Sox in there. You got a Guardian and Shane Bieber. You got a Tiger and Rodriguez. But the division's so bad that all these teams feel like, hey, we still have a shot. How is this going to play out? Say all those teams are still within five, six games come trade deadline. Is it going to be an individual basis? Because like a team like yeah. the White Sox with Tim Anderson and Dylan Cease and Lucas Giolito, I mean, you can get quite the haul for those kind of guys and completely rebuild and start the process. How do you think this is going to play out in this division? I, I think the Guardians, as long as they're around two out, they're going to try again. I mean, they, they got to the ALDS last year and pushed the Yankees to the brink. They're only two games out. I think they're going to try to stay put if they can. The Tigers, I think they're definitely going to try to sell, even if they're three or four out. Uh, it's new. It's a new administration, new at front office. They know they need to go in a new di- uh, direction. They know being 10 games under 500 now, even if they made the playoffs, they wouldn't go anywhere, and I think they know that. If anything, I think that their new front office is probably hoping that they'll lose enough to fall far enough back so they won't get a PR pushback. The White Sox are an interesting case. Because I feel like Rick Hahn can't have that much more rope. He's hardly had any winning seasons. He's been in charge of personnel for quite a while. Um, they're only six out. You feel like if he has a chance to kind of go for it and salvage a run at a division title, he's probably going to go for it. But when you're six out and you're in fourth place and you're trailing the Tigers, are you really a contender? That's a tough one. And, and as you said, they have a lot more talent that seems sellable. Like, and Tim Anderson... Just for example, to, to connect a dot here, Tim Anderson to the Braves seems like it would be a really, really nice fit there. Um, I think Lance Lynn has thrown a little bit better of late. You could get something there. Um, Lucas Diolito nearing free agency, having a pretty good year, but he's not long removed from being a Cy Young contender. Feels like he could get something there. Seems like they should sell. I, it's just I, I wonder if Han feels the pressure and feels like he has to try to contend. Well, uh, down the stretch, I was looking at the American League earlier. Um, as far as the wild card races, it, it, especially in, in the American League, Orioles, Yankees, Blue Jays, even the Red Sox, Astros, Angels, Mariners. I mean, th- there's going to be some really good teams that are going to be left out of the playoffs, despite the fact that there's more teams in the playoffs uh, than there once was. Uh, it's going to be fascinating the month of September. I love what they've done. Yeah, it's going to be really, really fun. Uh, I would love to see the Angels stick around. It's, I always want new blood in there, and the Angels haven't been since 2014, only one time in Trout's career, zero times in Otani's career. It'd be nice, even if it was only two games, to see Trout and Otani in the playoffs. Uh, the Rangers, that would be pretty new. Pretty That would fall under the category of new mm-hmm. blood. It's been several years, and there's been a lot of turnover with that team. Um not like we haven't seen the likes of Simeon and Seager in the playoffs, but to see them together with that pitching staff. Unfortunately, DeGrom's hurt, mm-hmm. but still, uh, that'd be a fun one. And, of course, the Orioles. The Orioles would be so much fun. Camden would be rocking. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how it unfolds. It's been, I probably say it all the time, but it really has been such a fun regular season so far. Speaking of those Orioles, 
They're only four and a half games back of the Rays. And they just called yeah. up one of their, their next young guns. Another one of their yeah. big prospects is coming out. You have to assume, you know, we mentioned a game like guy like Shane Bieber. I mean, wouldn't that be a oh. perfect spot for him? They have the capital yeah. to go out there and yeah. do it. If the Orioles are at that spot, is this the season to start to push some of those chips to the middle and start trading away some of the prospects? Because, man, they are so close to the Rays. Yeah, and here, let's talk about, to illustrate my point, the Braves. When you build up such a big cache of prospects, like the Braves built up several years back after their extreme rebuild, and they kept Freddie Freeman around, but then the next wave of talent yielded guys like Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzie Albies, and it continued through last year with guys like Michael Harris and Spencer Strider finishing one and two in Rookie of the Year voting. But, you know, one of the reasons you stockpile young talent is so you get those guys at the big league level, like I just named. But the other reason is once you get to the point where you're contending, then you can deal from the depth and add established big league talent, and the Braves have also done that with guys like Don Murphy and Matt Olson. They've built up all those prospects, and then some of the prospects came and stuck at the big league level. Some of the other ones they traded to get guys who they knew were already going to stick at the big league level because they were already established. So the Orioles are in that position now where it's Adley Rushman and Gunnar Henderson and now Jake Westberg. But also, there's so much depth with all their prospects that they can start to deal from that, and they need to pick which guys they're going to want to keep around. Obviously, Jackson Holiday they're going to want to keep around. But there will be other guys where they say, you know, he's probably redundant to our roster, so let's trade him probably an infielder, right? Because Jackson Holiday's an infielder. He's on the way. Uh, Westberg's an infielder. Gunnar Henderson's mm-hmm, an infielder. Mm-hmm. Maybe another infielder where they say, hey, he's going to be redundant to our roster, so let's deal him for pitching. And that's where the Orioles are right now, in my opinion. I didn't think they were aggressive enough in the offseason, but maybe now's the time. And again, as you said, with Bieber, that would be such a good fit. Oh. That'd be a great, great fit. You know, there's an, uh, another uh, rookie in the National League. We talk about Carroll, talk about Dela Cruz, of course. And Jordan Walker's got, what, 15-game hitting streak going on right now. Um, f- crazy, because he was sent down to the uh, minor leagues or, or at one point this season. But he certainly has bounced back. Baseball's in a fine spot, Matt Snyder. It's been a wonderful season. Thank you for doing this for us. We are off next Monday, so we'll uh, reach out to you uh, middle of the week uh, if your schedule will allow it. Thank you, yeah, as sure. always, Matt Snyder. Appreciate Sounds it. Good. good to talk to you. All right. Thank you. Matt Snyder, CBS Sports. Com, CBSSports.com for Matt Snyder. Time for another $1,000 home run. Head to know.com right now. You can enter this nationwide contest by inserting the keyword check in the pop-up box that will appear once you get to KXNO.com. Check at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Check KXNO.com. Another opportunity coming up with Murph and Andy. And then throughout the afternoon with The Drive with Heather and Sean Miller and Condon. We'll be joined by Nick Olson. We'll talk Iowa State when we come back. Keyword is check at KXNO.com. It's 106.3. net. The biggest pro football contests in Vegas are back and bigger than ever with $14 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. Enter in Nevada, play from anywhere, two ways to win and no rake. Play Circa Million, make five picks against the spread each week with quarterly and full season payouts, or join Circa Survivor. Select one team each week straight up. Last the longest to win it all. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Circus Sports Iowa encourages you to gamble responsibly. Problems with gambling? Call or visit Get your podcast. Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. 
We're able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looks sharp, everything was cleaned up, and now we have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515-225-8866. Or you can go online at wolfroofing.net. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Just past 1230 on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. The keyword this hour is check. Check at KXNO.com. Your chats to win $1,000. Let's check in with Nick Olson. He covers Iowa State for CycloneAlert.com. Uh, more recruits coming Iowa State's way. We'll do that. Uh, let's get Nick in here. Uh, Nick, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Absolutely, friends. I'm uh, I'm doing really well. I'm happy to be back on as we kind of head into a little bit of a, a holiday week next week. Indeed, we will. And uh, just so in case I uh, forget to, at the end of our segment here, we're off on Monday, so we'll and Tuesday, so we'll catch up with you midweek next week. So, what can you tell us about the latest Cyclone commitment? Unless there's been one since uh, a tight end's coming Iowa State's way uh, from, I believe, the state of Oklahoma, and he had some pretty good offers. What can you tell us about Cooper Alexander? Absolutely, Ken. So that is uh, your spot on. The most recent commit, at least publicly, uh, to my knowledge, for Iowa State. And, you know, guys, this is one of those players you really you can't necessarily overstate, like the, the impact and the type of player he is. This is just a massive, really big-time recruiting win for tight ends coach Taylor Mauser, Matt Campbell, and Iowa State. Alexander is an OU Oklahoma legacy had offers from Oklahoma. They were at least initially, um, you know, certainly looking into an official visit there. He took one to Stanford. Miami was in the mix, Texas A&M. So really a great win for ISU. He, he comes in about 6'4", 220, 225, so good size, but not necessarily that kind of 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, type mold. Good hands, great route runner, really nice after the catch. I was actually just doing a little bit of a recap on him this morning. This is one that I can tell you the fans are very excited about, Iowa State's excited about, and they should be. And I know that, especially with you, Ken, you like to look at, you know, kind of the current team and and some of the projections there as well uh, when Trent and I talk recruiting. This tight end room, guys, is almost oozing with talent just in terms of the depth, the versatility, and the different ways that these guys can be used here under Matt Campbell and, and Nate Shieldhouse's offense here in the near future. So speaking of that tight end position, are they full at this point? I saw, what, a couple weeks back from Johnston Jacob Simpson. He made his commitment to Minnesota. I know there's a couple other guys in state that have been talked about, but with Roscop over from the east side of the state now along with this commitment, are they done at tight end for 2024? Yeah, I would definitely say, Trent, that is the expectation. I think two was kind of that magic number after taking a one in Ben Bramer last year. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I get the sense because these tight end sets and, you know, Iowa State's usage with the position. You maybe keep your eyes out here and there, you know, potential senior evaluations. But I can tell you these were two of the absolute top targets, certainly with Alexander since they offered. And Iowa State was able to land them both. I think it's actually a really good spot for this room going forward. Hmm. Speaking of that, class of 2024, I can't remember a year where you have the sheer volume that you do right now of guys that are committed 
at D1 programs at this point. I mean, we're talking about still in June, you got guys at Iowa and Minnesota and Iowa State and Kansas and Kansas State and Nebraska and Georgia. And then you got a kid uh, committed to NIU, Northern Illinois. I mean, I can't remember this. Now, I know you're new to the state, Nick, but pretty good haul here and a lot of variety here. The different schools involved in the state of Iowa, I think, says a lot about high school football here in the state. Mm-hmm. Exactly, Trent. You know, I, I actually think you make a, a terrific point. I was blown away. I think initially when I got here, it would have been right after that 2021 high school football season. But then when I really started to get into this recruiting a little bit, you think of, you know, some of Iowa's commits in the last cycle. And then, of course, J.J. Cole, Kai Black, Jamison Patton, some of those guys at the Cyclones, Abu Sama. And you think, okay, maybe things slow down a little bit in this next class. But you're right, they certainly have not, whether it's these in-state programs or some of the top really programs in the country you mentioned, like a, a Georgia, you know, K-State's on the rise, things like that. And then I even look a little bit at 2025 that I know we've touched yeah. on a little bit, Trent, and, and maybe even some bigger names when, when you compare a little bit the tops of these classes, whether it's Purvey, Limbaugh, Zay Robinson, probably going to be a national recruit. Mm-hmm. I'm blown away. I've seen a lot of Midwest high school football, obviously coming from Wisconsin. And I think Iowa is a spot that is severely underrated, but is starting to pick up some waves and movement throughout the country. I really do. You talk about that, Nick. We already got two kids in that class, Thomas Meyer from up in Clear Lake and Nick Brooks, who transferred back to Cedar Rapids from spending a year in Georgia and getting big-time SEC offers down there. They're both ranked in the top 250 for 24-7. Zay Robinson, I think he's going to end up there. Malachi Curvey, I think Cyclone fans obviously remember the name, big play Curvey, his dad there. Now, he's not built like Dad is. I mean, he's got a little more a little more sculpting to him and his body. He's going to be a defensive end, I think, at the next level. But Curvey, is he going to turn into, hey, this is an easy legacy recruit, or is this going to be a real recruitment, do you believe, for Curvey? Yeah, really, again, I love that trend. I, I think that's actually going to be, um, you know, certainly some work will need to be put in. I think Iowa State always approaches these things in that way. I believe that's the right way, um, you know, whether you go through things like a J.J. Cole, or, you know, I just think of some of these other names here in football and a little bit in basketball now, as we've talked about. Yes. But Curvey, I, I think I would project, and again, it's something I'm going to touch on a little bit later, Iowa State's in a good spot right now, but just getting to know Malachi a little bit, what he's really looking for, you know, in his future, high NFL aspirations, I think he's got this body type and versatility where he, he really could. He will probably come off the edge, but there's some D1 interest at tight end. I think he could play outside linebacker. So I would say, you know, schools like Iowa have shown interest, uh, K-State's involved, Missouri, Kansas. I, I do think as of today, he's got a great shot to end up in Ames with the Cyclones. They've approached that recruitment very well, but it'll be far from easy, and I think he is someone that is, kind of adjusting his timeline a little bit as more of these interests and offers pick up, Trent. Hmm. Dad's in the restaurant business now, correct? Yeah, that's right, yeah. I think he is, yeah, Brent uh, Curvey. Big play Curvey. Uh, remember his career. All right, uh, Nick, so um, let's, let's switch over to basketball. And and, and when, when it comes to the gambling story, we, we both heard that you know it's going to hit the football program hard, it's going to hit the wrestling program hard, but it had no idea that there was uh, a wrestling tentacle to it. And maybe it's because Williams was 
Uh, if he hadn't announced that he was moving on, it certainly seemed like TJ, when he kept bringing in all of these guards, that there's only so many minutes to go around and somebody's going to be the odd man out. And it looked as it was going to be Williams coming off the injury, dot, dot, dot. Had you heard his name uh, associated with this, uh, ga- uh, this gambling story up until recently when the Illini and him parted ways? I would say, Ken, you know how I'd approach that is, I, I had heard his name because of basically just some connections that, you know, maybe some more of the connected folks on, on my board had kind of produced and put on there. I, I think that, you know, I, I think it, it, it wouldn't be uh, sincere if I, if I said that my gears weren't starting to turn a little bit based on the timing of when he announced that or didn't even really announce that he was transferring, right? It was just kind of reported once his name was in the portal Mm -hmm. um so i do think my mind went there a little bit but just because of you know kind of the the focus on some of these other sports and other things dealing uh you know with recruiting and all that i I didn't press into it a lot but yeah i think based on that and then obviously things with the illini and without them necessarily even having a focused target on this next spot uh with williams out of there i do think yeah you're kind of putting two and two together and I, i think it kind of makes sense within that timeline uh, and that's why you know a, a main reason why Iowa State is kind of not keeping him and without that scholarship right now is there any more on the men's basketball side or is this it at least the names that you heard or even the rumors that are out there or could there be more to come I yeah Trent I certainly do not expect uh, anything more to come okay. uh, any names certainly for basketball and not really any more developing in some of these other sports either. In fact, I it was one that I didn't even really yeah, kind of look into with hoops just because they weren't initially mm-hmm. mentioned in that report. Uh, but I'm definitely not expecting, you know, anything more from basketball. And, and I will say, because I know this is kind of where we usually go here, Ken, too, you know, I'm hearing kind of mixed things on a timeline, but this could really continue to kind of take its course Jesus. for a little longer, at least kind of from, from what I've gathered. I don't think that this is going to be wrapped up quite as quickly as maybe we had figured or we had heard 10 or things Mm -hmm. kind of were expected. I don't think that's a bad thing. In fact, if I had to pick a side, I actually think that might be a good thing that maybe things weren't necessarily uh, quite as quote unquote severe as maybe people were thinking, throwing out names and what could happen and things like that. But that is a little speculation on my part. I can tell you though, a direct end is not necessarily here in sight as of the last couple of days. Yeah, we heard last week that the DCI will go forward when they're ready to go forward uh, as much yeah. as anybody <laughs> wants to hear the names, and uh, that's not going to sway them one little bit. Uh, what uh, Once we get, I asked Doc this early, I'll ask you the same thing. Once we get to fall camp, uh, give us a position battle or two that you're looking forward to to watching. You know, I mean, obviously Hutchinson caused, uh, caught over 100 footballs last year. Keep hearing about this Higgins kid that uh, he certainly got the size. We know Stanley can fly. Uh, keep waiting on gains. Kai Black's name came up at some point last week. Receivers uh, trying to decipher who's going to you know uh, be the ones once the depth chart comes out receiver wise. That's one of the ones I'm going to watch. What about you? Yeah, Ken, I actually, that is initially where my mind went, not necessarily in terms of battle. Uh, I think that, you know, Jalen Knoll is comfortably in a yep. good spot in his career. And then, yeah, we've talked about great things kind of being heard about Jaden as well, but kind of right after those two. I mean, Dimitri Stanley's back. You mentioned Kai Black. I've continued to hear good things about Benny Ngoye. 
uh, the you know true freshmen that'll be in there. Greg Gaines has the talent. Jason Essex is putting things together. So I think the depth pieces, maybe after those top two spots, are really good. And then I think I'd go linebacker. I know that I've mm-hmm. mentioned a couple of young names on this show with you guys, respectfully, that I think are going to see the field this fall. But I think that's a spot where you know you lose a couple guys, and then there are some young guys coming in. How high can they climb? Can they be in that top three or four spot? Are they just kind of getting some rotational snaps? But those would probably be my top two uh, on either side of the ball, Ken. Sadowski, right? That's the kid that you alerted us to, Sadowski? Jack Sadowski, yeah. yeah. He, he blew people away in spring ball. Uh, he looked really good in the spring game. And he's just garnered a lot of these leadership qualities and respect around the program, definitely. All right, Nick, what do you got coming up this week at CycloneAlert.com? This is actually you know, busier than I kind of anticipated. I'm speaking with some top football targets later in the day, so we will have uh, updates on them. I'll mention you know, one of those guys, Brent Helton, uh, an old lineman. That'll be a big update coming up soon. Uh, my Nick at Night segment's trending around 4,000 mm-hmm. words, so that'll be fun. And then I'm going out to see a couple of top basketball targets as we head into the holiday this weekend, guys. Great stuff, Nick Olson. Uh, appreciate it. We'll talk to you in the middle of next week. Have a wonderful weekend, uh, and thanks for what you do for us, Nick. Take care. You guys, too. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. All right, just past a quarter before one, we will take our time out, come back. Trent's Plays of the Day, Circus Sports sponsor those. Miller & Condon, it's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp, everything was cleaned up, and now we have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515-225-8866. Or you can go online at wolfroofingcater.com. The biggest pro football contests in Vegas are back and bigger than ever with $14 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. Enter in Nevada, play from anywhere. Two ways to win and no rake. Play Circa Million. Make five picks against the spread each week with quarterly and full season payouts. Or join Circus Survivor where you select one team each week straight up. Last the longest to win it all. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. Hi, Miller Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Ten minutes before one, Murph and Andy coming up at uh, 1 o'clock to drive. Heather and Sean from 3 until 6. More keywords throughout both of those uh, afternoon shows. Decent night of baseball tonight, in addition to the championship game. Uh-huh. Pretty good slate. I mean, Cincinnati-Baltimore's got a little juice to it. it. It really does. I like the whole slate. I like it so much. I'm going to bet every game. <laughs> of course you are. Well, it's six, so you'd hate to leave one out, right? Well, and you know I have that ticket on LSU, plus 850. Yeah, you got to bet Florida. I do. I'm getting plus money on it. I have to hedge a little yep. bit. I have to take it, so... I bet this one, this was a while back that I got that ticket on LSU at 850. So, got it at DraftKings. They're plus 120 of the money line. Florida is tonight. So, take that. Would it be a $95 return? Put 
25 bucks on the money line on Florida, something like that, turns into a $35 investment. At minimum, I'm going to double my money. And if I still hit LSU a little bit more than that. So I think that's the route. I kind of have to mm-hmm. at this point, especially what you saw yesterday. Oof. I know LSU was saving arms. And yeah. I know we're going to see Skeens tonight. Skeens for 40, 50, 60 pitches. He's going to pitch. I don't know if it's going to be the beginning of the game, in the midst of the game. I'd start him. I'd go the other way. I'd wait. Mm-hmm. And I'd see when they get into trouble right away, he's the first guy out yep. of the bullpen. That's the way Except that I Except he's a starter. That's he the is. only thing. That's that's why I would start him. But anyways, all right, what else have you got in the major league slate? Well, we got uh, a bunch of dogs. I love the dogs here tonight. Going to kick things off with Cincinnati, plus 120 at Baltimore. Quick turnaround after the series there. I just like this Reds team, and I just want them to continue to win. <laughs> I think that's a part of it, too. But going to grab them plus 120. We're going to take the Iowa kid, Colin Ray, tonight against Justin Verlander. Hasn't been great for Verlander. Ray's no the great Mets shape have been himself. awful, Trent. They have. And Milwaukee's okay. Plus 155. The price is right in that one. Give me the Brew Crew with pick number two. This price is just wrong. We know how good Sonny Gray has been this year. Yep. And they're plus 190 against Spencer Strider and the Braves. Braves are better, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But they should not be laying minus 220 is what you have to lay Jeez. right now. On the Bravos. No chance. In fact, I can get them two to one right now, and that's what I'm going to do. Twins plus 200. It's just a price thing more than anything. Here is a favorite for you. Minnesota was in Detroit. Meanwhile, Atlanta was in Cincy. That was an emotional series. Okay. Two to one. Yeah. It's, it's pricing that is bad there. Detroit, I'm going to lay the one and a half with Heaney. <clears throat> He's been good this year. He's been really good. Going to take the lefty against another lefty in Boyd. And the Rangers have been mashing lefties this year. Speaking of lefties, give me the Angels tonight with Detmers. Uh, a couple of White Sox fans have said, don't bet the White Sox ever against a lefty. So I'm going to follow that advice. Okay. And I'm going to lay the minus one. Dylan Cease, though, for the Sox. That's all right. We'll be okay on that front. And wrap it up with another dog. This is just mispriced here. Castillo's outstanding, right? Yes. For the Mariners. Yes. How many games has the bullpen blown for him, though, this year? Been brutal. It feels like a half dozen. Seattle had a tough series this week against the Yanks. And Williams is okay. Again, price plus 224. And Washington, didn't they win the series this weekend over the Padres? I think they, they did. did. They yeah. did. I'm sure they did. I just think these are mispriced. I think you have two games with both the Twins. So you've and got the every dog except uh, one. Two. I got the Texas. Rangers. And the Angels. And the Angels. Yeah, so yeah. those are the two. Yeah. Four doggies, and even if we just hit a couple of those dogs, mm-hmm. one of them, two of the favorites come home, we got a profitable day, and with the hedging, we're going to be profitable regardless. Thank you, LSU Tigers, for getting me I to I just this hope spot. it's a good game. Last day, yesterday's game was brutal. But it was know, so disappointing. It, it was. Uh, but up until, I mean, Friday night was, was it Friday night? Saturday night, whatever night was, was really good. And, of course, last Thursday, yeah, it must have been Saturday. Uh, Thursday night was just amazing television. really yes. was. High-level baseball. Yep, indeed. Great team, stars <clears throat> showing out, big plays, mm. and then a walk-off to end it. Give In 11 game. innings? Was it 11 last uh, Thursday? Yes. Whatever? I yeah. think it was 11. And right. uh, I saw after the conclusion this one, college sports are done for 61 days before college Well, well Trent, remind returns. me, what's next? The one that you like the most. Oh, my God. And you are not alone. No, 61 days until college football Nothing moves returns. the needle like CFB. All right, that will do it for us. Appreciate you being here with us. Uh, tomorrow, Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports is going to help us out of the NFL. He'll kick off our number two. Murph and Andy, they kick off their show in five minutes. The 